So we have elders and deacons here at Fellowship of Grace, just like we see in the New Testament. Now, I will tell you that some of these things, there are no absolute uh, uh, commands in the New Testament of how to do things. God gives us a little bit of freedom. Uh, but we try here at Fellowship of Grace to do our best uh, to kind of emulate what the New Testament shows. And, and even though there's not a command to do it, uh, we believe that that's a good practice. And so we have elders here at Fellowship of Grace. They are called by the Holy Spirit. What that means is uh, elders, the word elder, pastor, uh, uh, bishop, depending on what your uh, uh, you know, paraphrase or what version of the Bible you're reading, all of those words, shepherd, all of those words are synonymous with one position in the New Testament, those of pastor elders. Here we call them pastor elders, okay? And so they're called by the Holy Spirit. What that means is God puts it on a man's heart uh, to just be called to give his life, and I mean that, to give his life to the body of Christ, uh, to, to put aside uh, other things in life, to give his life to the ministry of, of God's people and of God's word uh, to God's people. And so they're called by the Holy Spirit. They have to qualify in character. Now, we're not going to go through these uh, passages today because they're for elders, and we're really not talking about that specifically. But you can see there in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, or Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, there are specific qualifications uh, for elders. And uh, so all of our elders should meet those qualifications. Uh, then we see that they have specific responsibilities. What are those specific responsibilities? Well, according to the New Testament, they are to govern, lead, which means that uh, our church is an elder-led church, uh, which means that the elders basically are the ones who decide directional things for our church. Uh, um, you know, if we're going to start a large ministry, uh, they make those decisions uh, to govern and lead our body. Uh, to preach and teach, while other people in our church, of course, preach and teach. Uh, we have, I think, uh, eight, nine, ten community groups right now where people, men are, are teaching those community groups. Uh, we don't do all of the teaching and preaching, but the majority of preaching to the entire body from up here is done by our elders. Uh, we pastor shepherd. Now, again, while we don't do all of the pastoring shepherding, we make sure that it gets done. And you'll see kind of how that plays out here in just a little bit when we talk about deacons. So we make sure uh, that people are taken care of. And then to guard the truth, which means that uh, in matters of doctrine, uh, we get together and we reason together from the Word of God. And we have uh, uh, basically chosen the biblical doctrines uh, that we believe the Bible teaches. The, uh, we, we try really hard even to make sure that we don't say from up here uh, the things that we believe. Because uh, just because I believe something doesn't matter. It's only, it only matters if it's true. And so uh, we try very hard to read and study together God's Word and come to agreement uh, on our, our you know, hills to die on. And you can see from our website, uh, we've got a whole list of... I'm, I'm amazed at how many churches today don't put their beliefs on their website. It's like we don't want to tip you off before you come, uh, you know. So, you know, just come and trust us. You know, it'll be okay. Uh, we don't do that. Uh, we believe there are hills to die on and there are every instance in life. Uh, for instance, when we taught a series on, on uh, the book of Revelation a few years ago, I said there are, there are specific things about uh, the book of Revelation that I absolutely know for sure. Like Jesus is coming back and you better be ready. Okay? I know that for sure. 
Everything else is a little bit suspect, okay? So we can talk about those kind of things. So there are hills to die on, and we are the ones uh, who, who come together, reason together with God's word uh, to, to have basically chose those 10 years ago when the church started, and those are the same uh, as you see on our website. So that's what the elders do at Fellowship of Grace. So now let's talk about deacons. Oh, by the way, there's a picture of the elders if you don't know them. That's, that's their picture. Uh... And so here are the deacons at Fog. It's a little bit different. They are, are chosen by the congregation, but approved by the elders. What that means is, as we see uh, in the New Testament, uh, elders choosing elders. We never see the congregation having really any input or any say in who are being called out to be elders of the body of Christ. Uh, but we do see them, uh, the congregation playing a role uh, in choosing deacons. And we're going to look at that here in just a minute. Uh, but we see that they're chosen by the congregation and approved by elders. They also must qualify in character. And I want to read those passages in 1 Timothy to you, uh, in chapter 3, verses 8 through 13, uh, just so that you can see what it is we're looking for. When you look down through this list, uh, I don't want you to choose the three most handsome guys or the three guys you know the best or the three guys that you think work the hardest. Uh, these are the things that we want you to be thinking about. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 8, it says this. Deacons likewise, and the reason it says likewise is it's just got through talking about elders. Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Now, as we look at this list of uh, character qualities, I want to make sure that you understand, uh, just because you uh, saw a guy's a kid throw a fit one time in the foyer, uh, that doesn't mean he's disqualified for life, okay? Uh, these, are, these are general characteristics that you would say, this characterizes a, a person, okay? This characterizes a man. What are their specific responsibilities? Now, here's where or elders and deacons uh, are drastically different. The deacons actually free the elders to focus on ministry. And I'm going to point these out in the scripture that we're going to look at uh, when the first deacons were chosen in the New Testament in Acts chapter 6 here in just a few moments. But they free the elders to focus on ministry. They serve the body of Christ. And they protect the unity of the body. Uh, and so these are the things that we ask our deacons to do and they continue to do. By the way, uh, I, I think uh, Fellowship of Grace operates a little bit different than any other church I've ever been in. Uh, a lot of times, uh, churches will operate a little bit like companies do, where, oh, if you want a leadership position or you want to do something, um, you, you know, ask to be chosen, or, and, and then you've never done it before, but then you get the position, and then you start trying to do it. Fellowship of Grace is very different in the fact that we really like to uh, kind of see who's already doing things, and then give them the title and the position for what it is they're already doing. So we want you to look around and see who's already deking. And, 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 and those are the guys that you should, should vote for. Okay? Uh, here's the three things that they do. Now, I want us to look at this passage in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. I just want to read it all the way through. Then I want to kind of go back and, and see these three specific things in this passage. 
says, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists rose, arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole congregation, sorry, going New American Standard, the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Now I want us to go back and just look at these things for just a, this passage for just a minute and see these uh, three things that we actually talked about. So now it says, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food, is what they were being neglected in. In other words, uh, the Hellenists and the Hebrews in the body of Christ were starting to war with each other. They were beginning to bang heads a little bit because some of them weren't getting food. They weren't, are not getting fed. That's a big problem. So they brought it to the attention of the apostles. It says, and when the twelve, the apostles, summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Now, I know that lands on a few of you, and it kind of upsets you, okay? Because you, you, you hear the apostles saying, look, this is not important enough for us to stop what we're doing. Really? Feeding widows is not that important? Well, this is a comparison, okay? So if you have a line here, and these are all the, the good things in life that are worth doing, and these are all the things that are a waste of time. Feeding widows is pretty high up there. But what the apostles were saying is, guys, preaching the word and prayer are even more important. Listen, you don't want, you don't want pastors of Fellowship of Grace to be spending all of our time just meeting the needs of the congregation. You don't want to come in here Sunday morning and get nothing but fluff, or, or, or just a terrible sermon every week. I know I'm kind of hit and miss sometimes. But, but, but every week, you know, uh, you know, you don't want guys that won't spend time studying God's word. You don't want guys who don't spend time preparing messages and, and, and laboring over the preparation of, of sharing God's word with you. You don't want to take us away from praying for you. Uh, you know, there are several uh, uh, weeks that we come in here in this room and we just walk in this room and pray through the whole uh, congregation. I mean, we can just take the whole list and we pray for each one of you. And it takes us some time to do that. But we think that's important. That's what God's called us to do. So you don't want pastors that spend all of their time taking care of physical needs and not paying attention to the spiritual needs of the body. So basically, what I'm saying is, Folks, the physical needs of our body are not important enough for your pastors to give away all of their time doing that. We need help doing that. And that's not, that's not a selfish, that's a, a godly thing. That's what God's showing us here in this passage. It says, therefore, brothers, it, but we make sure it gets done, okay? Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute or reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom. It's, a, it's just a God coincidence today uh, that we're in the book of James, and here the second sermon is going to be about wisdom. Uh, so here we see uh, the apostles, 
And now let me just go back to our series through Acts for a minute. If you remember what happened in the book of Acts, we saw that the apostles were in charge of the church in the beginning. Through the middle of the book of Acts, uh, every time it talked about the leaders, it no longer said apostles, but said apostles and elders. Apostles and elders every time. And then towards the end of the book, we noticed that it started leaving out the word apostles. It was just the elders. Uh, and so what we see is through that process that through the book of Acts, uh, the leadership of the church changed from the apostles as they died out. It was turned over to the elders, which every church uh, has pastor elders in it. And so the pastor elders came to them and they said, listen, pick seven men uh, of good reputation, guys that are full of the Holy Spirit, that are full of wisdom, uh, guys that we can trust, and we want you to appoint them. Okay? Uh, he said, but we're going to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose all those guys that I can't pronounce their names. And these, look what it says, these they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. That shows that the apostles approved of the men that they chose. Okay? They ordained them, they set them apart for the work of the specific ministry of ministering to the, to the body of Christ, feeding these widows that were getting overlooked uh, in the daily uh, feeding time, uh, making sure that they got fed. They, they laid their hands on them, set them apart, and approved of who the congregation chose. And so those are the kind of guys that we're looking for. Those are the kind of guys that we want to uh, vote on. Here are the current uh, deacons of our church, Dave Ross, John Citro, Jason DeGrave, and Ted Gleason. Now, our church has done it. One of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this this morning, a little bit before we vote, is the last times that we have, have voted on deacons, our church has basically chosen the men that the elders would have chosen anyway. It's really cool. Because when we actually look at uh, the, the qualifications, we look at the job description, we look at the kind of men that God wants us to appoint, uh, uh, we don't have to choose them. You choose them. And, and you do a good job of that. All right? So that's why we wanted to talk about that. When our church uh, gets in need, like, for instance, when a, a, a single woman's home gets broken into and has damage and she feels uh, uh, just insecure being there, these are the guys that just like race to her home and make sure that things are taken care of. When people are in the hospital or in need, these are the guys that rush to their aid, unless, of course, they're one of them. Uh, don't expect that. Okay? I mean, these are the guys in our church that really look after uh, our body. They're the, I think they're the guys that pray for you. I, I think they're the guys that just want to. And, and one of the important parts is, folks, we never, ever hear again after this after they assign these seven guys to this task, we never hear of a problem like this in the Jerusalem church ever again. Never. This problem, there was never even a discussion about it later. At least we, we don't, aren't aware of that. And so choosing these deacons took care of this issue and ministered to the body of Christ. So as we uh, pray for and think about the men uh, that you choose, uh, um, Think about these things, think about this, this job description, and look around and see the men who are already deaconing. And then uh, those three guys that you see doing that the most, I would encourage you uh, to pray about and then vote for them. Uh, don't vote for uh, your favorite guys, uh, but, but really think about this and put some, put some prayer time into it. And, and let's give the guys who are already doing this uh, the the title and the position, let's lay our hands on them, let's set them apart 
to do the work of the ministry of which they're already doing and which they've probably already been called to do. We just haven't acknowledged it. Does that make sense? Uh, we're, not, we're not saying, hey, we need some new deacons, so we've got to find some guys. We're, 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 kind of the, we're kind of backwards, or maybe, maybe everybody else is backwards, and I think we're forwards. We really are looking at the guys who are already doing this and simply acknowledging it and, and laying our hands on them, setting them aside to the work of the ministry that they're already doing. 